Hi, I'm Homer Hargrove and I'm the pastor of Grave Top Church. I hope that today's message inspires you and that connecting with our church family today truly makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey family, welcome to Grave Top Church Online. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove. I'm so grateful for y'all to be with us today and we are continuing our series on Be the Church, Be the Church. And today we're going to be talking about gritty prayers. And as we continue to do our online service like this in the evenings, um, I want to let uh, always let y'all know that you're able to be a part in person as we continue to go the next three months. We're going to be meeting in church members' homes to do church. We want to do church just like the book of Acts um, by meeting in each other's homes. And it's been really great. Um, such a, a a meaningful experience to share with everyone as uh, we're really investing in one another by meeting in, um, in such a more intimate setting. So going into our message today, we're talking about gritty prayers, not pretty prayers, but gritty prayers. And I feel like it's generally, it's generally understood that we ought to pray, but often we get stuck and even confused about how to pray or what to pray about. And I think that it's even really often that we that it's easy to neglect prayer when we need when it's needed most and today i want to be able to teach you how to have an atmosphere of prayer in your life and i want to show you some practical formulas that will help you to pray and to get us started i wanted to share a little story to compare the idea of pretty prayers versus gritty prayers when me and lauren were still pretty early on in our faith um, we we had this projection onto us about um, kind of like a prosperity gospel ideology to where if you just name it, claim it, and you just make these pretty prayers. And if you have enough, uh, if you just keep declaring that this thing would happen, it would happen. And I remember at, uh, when we first got married, we were pretty broke. We had uh, virtually nothing and we would sleep on this sectional couch that was given to us. And there's three sections of this couch uh, that that we would put together and is real even it seems like oh a sectional couch that's pretty big no it's an extremely small sectional couch it's smaller than a normal love seat and we would push all of them together and I was still too tall to be able to sleep on the couch comfortably so we would have to pull up a folding chair for my feet to be propped up on and we had tile floor and so in the middle of the night as we were sleeping the couch would separate <laughs> and I would, I, my back would be hurting so bad as, as my butt was pretty much touching the floor by the morning and we started praying for a new bed we wanted we really needed a bed and we started praying for a bed and you know you hear the preaching like if you just name it and claim it in fact so an offering and so we we gave our seed in the offering and we started praying and believing and declaring and I would say the silliest prayers. I remember I'd be uh, on my way home and I'd be declaring that the bed was there. And I would, I would be on the phone with Lauren, like I'm about to pull up and I, I know that the bed is going to be there in the name of Jesus. And I'd show up and I'm like, oh, well, I guess the delivery guys got the wrong address and they didn't deliver our bed today. Well, to make a long story short, we never, we never got that bed. We never had the miraculous bed to appear before us out of thin air, even though we prayed for that. We were really immature in our faith. We didn't know what we were doing. And see, there's like this pretty idea of prayer. Now to compare it, there's other moments early on in my faith still 
where I had these gritty prayer moments, some gritty prayers to where I remember the first moment this kid came up to the altar wanting prayer to be set free from addiction. And I just made this gritty prayer for him to be set free. And he ended up having a demon casted out of him. And see, it was a, it, I had the same faith. I was the same person, one pretty prayer, one gritty prayer, but only the, the gritty prayer had the authority and the power that casts out demons. And so let's get into how can we get into these gritty authority filled prayers. And I want to start off with um, the, this scripture when Mark chapter seven, verse 14 through 15, Jesus says, it says that then Jesus called to the crowds to come and hear all of you listen he said, and try to understand it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what, come, by what comes out from your heart. Now, this first thing we're going to talk about is having the right heart. The right heart. Prayer should always come from a genuine heart. In this scripture, Jesus is talking about having the right heart and how what uh, the projection, people were projecting that. Uh, that they were defiled, the disciples were defiled by not washing before they ate, not doing the traditional ceremonial washing. And Jesus is saying, it's not what uh, what goes into your body. They're talking about food and all this stuff. See, religion always projects that we are made right by our works. And now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we don't live, we don't strive to live a holy lifestyle. But religion says your prayers are only answered by your works. It's re this religious outset. Here Jesus says that we are made right in our heart. We are defiled by what we are defiled by what comes out of our heart. In the same way, we are made right by a genuine heart and trust in Jesus. The condition of your prayers are connected to the condition of your heart. I think it's much more important to have the right heart in a prayer than the right words in the prayer. Your heart matters, and God's desire for you to trust Him. While holding on to a humble heart is very important. He cares about the condition of our heart. Let me show you another example. In Mark chapter 7, verse 25 to 29, here's a peculiar story. It says, right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, first, I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. And she replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps. From the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. See, this is a peculiar story because we think, why is Jesus being so cruel to her? See, this is a moment where he it's a hyperbole in which Jesus is using her as an example of faith because consistently Jesus would use foreigners, those who were not Jew, uh, Jewish, he would use Gentiles to show great faith. There's uh, just look through the Gospels and see how many times. So a foreigner, a non-Jewish person would show great faith and he would turn to the disciples and say, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. He's like talking to the, the people of Israel as he was saying, look at their great faith. And this is the same moment where he is showing, he's using a Gentile, a foreigner, to show how great faith can be displayed. And in this moment where Jesus 
gives gives off as if he's not going to answer her prayer. She responds by saying, even the dogs are able to eat the crumbs from the master's feet. And so she is in that same in this statement she makes, she shows that she trusts God's compassion for her, that she trusts God's love for her. Regardless of what was said, she simply trusts that God loves her and wants to answer this prayer. And then the other thing she displays is a humble heart. She doesn't say, well, I've been following you for the last three years. How dare you not answer this? Think about, is that not how we respond? When we feel like a prayer isn't answered, we get angry at God and we start trying to scoreboard what we have done for God. I've been going to church for this long and Jesus, you should answer this prayer. See, it's all about the heart. See, this is a moment where her heart was tested and man, she came out as gold and she showed a humble heart and a strong trust in God. And I think that it shows a beautiful display because often we have these worship songs and these prayers like, God, open the floodgates of heaven, pour out your spirit. And we, we have this idea that God needs to pour himself out over us, give everything he's got to us. Whoa, whoa. We could probably not even handle a drop of the Holy Spirit's presence. And so when she says, if you just give me a crumb, that's all I need. See, this, man, she's showing glory and honor to God by saying, if you just give me the crumbs of your glory, will be set free. My prayers will be answered. What a testimony of faith. She had such a much more clear understanding of God's power than we do to where she thought of a crumb as being more than enough than she needed. It's a beautiful thing. It all goes to the heart. And the last thing I want to say about the heart is that putting your faith in Christ only when you see Christ is not faith at all. Putting your faith in Christ only when you see Christ is not faith at all. Look at this final verse I'm sharing on this point. Mark chapter 8, verse 11 to 12 says, When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? And I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. See, this verse is saying that there's greater faith for those who believe without seeing. Y'all remember the story of Thomas, the disciple? When Jesus resurrected from the dead, he showed up to all the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there. And when the disciples tried to tell Thomas about his resurrection, he said, I won't believe until I see it and until I feel the, the wounds in his hands, the wounds in his side. And he said, I can't, I won't believe until I see or until I feel. And often we behave the same way and we say, God, just show me, just speak to me, tell me something and I'll know you're here. I'll know you're there. We, we want to feel the goosebumps. We want to feel the, 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 the pretty presence of God. But what happens about the, after a couple of years pass and you don't feel the presence like you used to? See, those are moments to supplant faith. What did Jesus tell, uh, tell Thomas at, when he showed up? He showed up just for Thomas. And Thomas said, Lord, I believe. And he said, you believe because you see me, but blessed blessed are those who believe without seeing see what if the moments that we don't see that answered prayer what if the moments that we don't feel that that pretty presence what if those are actually opportunities for us to grow our faith instead it's all about the heart
Now let's talk about this, the next point, which is there's no right way. There's no right way. You don't have to have the perfect words to have the perfect prayer. You don't have to have the perfect words to have the perfect prayers. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 through 13, it says, when you pray, this is Jesus talking, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Jesus is telling us in the Scripture to be authentic in your prayers, that you can simply talk to God. You don't need to strive to make this pretty grand prayer. You can simply be, you can be simple in your prayers. Be clear in your prayers. And look what he says next. Think about, if you read through some of the Old Testament, think about some of the prayers you'd read in the Old Testament by the kings and the prophets, even by Moses. And there are these like the pretty hefty prayers. It's like a chapter long. And then Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our, the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Super simple prayer. Very short and contrite. I'm not saying that we should strive to have short prayers, but this he gives this as an example of how to pray. It's not this grand, miraculous, beautiful prayer. It's very simple, incredibly simple. And I want us to understand that there's not the perfect way to pray, that if you just have a genuine heart and do your best to be transparent and just simply talk to God, he knows what you need before you even pray it. You don't have to repeat the same prayers and prayers. Isn't it ironic that this is the lord's prayer right it's commonly quoted as the lord's prayer and right before jesus makes the lord's prayer he says don't babble on and on repeating the same words over and over and yet we take the lord's prayer right after that passage and we use it to repeat over and over to have our sins forgiven to, to try to be made right with god we just repeat the same exact words over and over. How many of y'all have been to a church that said, repeat this seven times and then you'll be forgiven. Repeat this five times and you'll be right with God. Right before the passage, Jesus says, don't do that. <laughs> but see, we can pull things from scripture to have some formulas of prayer, some methods of prayer. I want to give y'all some quick examples to help you to pray when you don't know how to pray, when you don't know what to pray. See, these are not to just be repeated, but these are just uh, formulas to help get us in the mood. Y'all know what I'm saying? For me, I, I have a hard time finding the right words to pray. And so I lean on, first, I lean on speaking in tongues. I love praying in tongues because I, I just am, I'm not creative enough sometimes to, to pray these beautiful prayers for things. I, I, I don't know where to start sometimes. And praying in tongues helps me to pray when I don't know what to pray. The other thing I do is I love using formulas prayer formulas to help give me some direction when i'm trying to pray now here's uh, just as this example the lord's prayer there's five things it's a five steps to to pray for number one is when it says our father who is in the heaven hallowed be your name that's where you could start your prayers by just honoring god uh, giving glory to god just speaking of of god's goodness and just praying and praising God. Step two, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, praying for God's direction and leading in your life, praying for his sovereignty. Number three, give us this daily our give us this day our daily bread. 
just praying for God's provision, whatever you need, even what you want, praying for yourself. And then number four, forgive us our debts as we have been forgiven our debtors. Praying for, that's where you can make any confession you want to make to God, pray for God to help you with any struggle, forgiveness, uh, forgiveness of sin, and even a place for you to make some reconciliation prayers, some praying for forgiveness over others, praying for redemption in broken relationships. There's a time where I had a, a little cork board where I had a whole section <laughs> that, that the top was labeled people who hate me. And I would just pray for people that, that either didn't like me or I didn't like them. I would just pray, help me to forgive these people. See, it's simple. Just have a moment where you pray for forgiveness. And finally, number five, do not, uh, and help us to not be led into temptation and deliver us from evil. Man, help us make it today, God. And, and just praying these genuine prayers, guard my heart, help me to be to make good decisions today. It's a simple prayer method. It doesn't mean you make the same words every single time. It just means this is a direction for us to pray. Now, here's another. I'm going to give you two more prayer formulas. This is just to help you to pray when you don't know where to start. The second prayer formula is the tabernacle prayer. This is my personal favorite. And it's uh, it's simply just using the tabernacle as it as a force as a as a template of how to pray. The Bible says that the 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 tabernacle and the formal for, formal way to worship was a foreshadowing of things in heaven and it's merely a shadow. So we use, can use it as an example of how to pray. For uh, starting off, number one is the brazen altar. This is the part that represents the cross. And this is a place where I'd, I'd pray for uh, salvation or healing, redemption from the curse. Uh, I'll pray for uh, new, uh, the new nature of Christ over me through the cross. I'll pray for even provision. God provided a way when I couldn't make a way. Then <laughs> the second spot is the labor. This is the wash basin. This is where I pray for the blood of Jesus, the cleansing and preparing. This is to pray repentance from any known sin. This is where I pray for an offering of my body, an offering of my mind. I pray for the fruits of the spirit in this place. Next is the, the uh, number three is the candlestick. This represents the Holy Spirit. This is where I could pray for the seven spirits of God in my life, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of the, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I could pray for the gifts of the spirit, spirit of uh, goodness, kindness, patience, mercy, gentleness. I could pray those things over my life. I could just take this time to pray in the Holy Spirit, to speak and pray in tongues. Next is the table of shoe bread. This is where the word of God is. This is where I, I could ask God for fresh revelation of his word, pray for the guidance of his word, pray for his word to come alive in my life, to strengthen my backbone. And then the next part is the altar of incense. This is a place of worship. This is where you can simply worship who God is, worship the names of God. Think of, uh, pick out some names that are used to describe God and just use them to worship him. And then finally, the Holy of Holies. This is the mercy seat. This is where the ark was. This is time to make intercession. This is where we could pray for, and this is where we use our authority. This is where um, we could uh, pray for those in, in our family, those in our church. We could pray for our city, our nation. We could pray for the world. We could pray for our own needs. This is intercession time. Where you're making up intercession for things. Now, let me give the last prayer formula. That is the armor of God, the armor of God. And it's it starts off like this, the helmet of salvation. This is where I'll pray for my mind and my thoughts to be subjected to Christ, to God's kingdom. I'll pray for uh, to, to see others through uh, the eyes of Jesus is all things according to 
like that would the the helmet of salvation would cover this where the next is the breastplate of righteousness i'll pray for my heart to be guarded against bitterness be to, to be guarded against temptation for for righteousness to be renewed in my heart the next is the belt of truth this is where i'll pray for uh for god's uh and to strengthen my integrity to help me to live a transparent life to a truthful life for truth to cling to me and strengthen my backbone in life the next is the shoes of peace this is where i'll uh, i pray for uh god to help let me walk in the gospel message of peace in my life that everywhere i step this day help me to walk in your presence and help me to carry the gospel message with me let me walk in victory next is holding up the shield of faith this is where i'll pray for god to protect me and help uh, and protect me from the things that i don't understand the things that i don't see and help me to trust god when i do when i don't understand what's going on see a shield is unique in the fact that it protects you but it also blinds you great example of faith finally the sword of the spirit this is the word of god and i'll pray for the the word to empower me to tear down the lies of the enemy with god's word and to help sharpen me in my knowledge of scripture this day even help me to cut down my own insecurities using god's word see these prayer formulas are simply to help you get in the mood to pray to help you get started but at the end of the day there is no pretty prayer it all is about having a genuine heart we need to make gritty prayers. And I want to end with this last thought, the right time. Don't neglect, don't neglect the power in praying at the right time. We often excuse ourselves from prayer and, and trying to find a more pretty time to pray. We, we excuse ourselves from the right times. And I want to share this final scripture in Mark chapter 14, verse 37 through 39. It says, then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. This is final moment that the very last moment that the disciples had the opportunity to pray with Jesus. This is in the garden of Gethsemane right before he was led away to be tried and crucified. And see that the disciples at that moment, they did, they could not, they did not fully appreciate the opportunity of this moment to pray. If there's ever a time to pray, it'd be in this moment that Jesus was asking them to pray with me pray with me and they neglected this moment and see i think that we often neglect the best moments to pray we think that we just excuse ourselves and think well maybe like oh it's it'll be too awkward right now feel it's not right timing you'll feel uncomfortable now what if it is exactly the right moment to pray i'm going to end with one final story um Recently, me and my wife, we were dropping somebody off at the airport that was having this big move in their life. They're having this big change and, and they, were, they were leaving a, a really trouble, uh, a troublesome spot and is just like a big change in their life. And they were taking, they were getting a flight to start pretty much a whole new life. And we pulled in the airport. And if you've ever been in the airport, it's kind of chaotic. Everyone's just like kicking people out of the cars and throwing the bag in and like, all right, bye. And everyone's just like speeding through and trying to get to the next spot. And 
we pulled up. We had to take separate car. We had to take two cars. And so I pull up and then Lauren pulls up next to me. And and y'all think y'all know Lauren, but Lauren's she's 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 down. OK, she's she's straight up. And we pulled up and she just pulled up next to me. And there's even this uh, as she got out and we were helping uh, this person get get on the uh, get their bags out. And there's even somebody that was behind Lauren and said, move out of the way, move out of the way is this grown man. And Lauren looks back and she goes, go around, go around. She wasn't playing. <laughs> and see, it was a moment where usually people were just like jumping out, getting out. And it seemed like, you know, this isn't a, this is a weird time. And we're, we're getting this, this person's bags and, and it's like, seemed like just like the worst time because of all chaos around. And before we said bye, Lauren says, let me pray with you. Let us pray with you before you leave. I said, okay. And for me, I, 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 when we pray for other people, I always keep my eyes open for two things. One, I keep my eyes open just in case somebody starts manifesting a demon. They'll start shaking or something. And I just like need to be aware. The other reason is just, just in case anybody tries to run up on me, you're not going to catch me slipping that day, just in case. So I kept my eyes open and, and Lauren, she's so good at praying. Like she, she's like, she just prays for like, things that I wouldn't even think about praying. And as she's praying, I'm just like, oh, that's a good thing to pray for. That's a great idea. And she's praying and she's praying for this person's life. And again, it's at the airport, all this chaos around. Seems like the worst time to make this long prayer. It wasn't no pretty little prayer. It was a, it was a gritty prayer that she was praying. And as she was praying, this person just starts weeping and crying because God was just ministering to their heart, encouraging them through this prayer. It was a powerful prayer. And I want to just project to you that perhaps that unction you have to pray is for a reason. That maybe, even though we make all these reasons why we shouldn't right now, maybe is the best time to pray. Maybe it's that Garden of Gethsemane moments where, what if you don't get a chance to pray with that person again? Maybe you should just take it. You know, prayer is such an important thing, and we need to get out of our mindsets that only people who can make pretty prayers are allowed to pray. You, you need to throw off that insecurity and just know that you have God's authority with you. God has called us to cast out demons. We have authority over principalities, over demons. We command healings to happen, but they're never going to happen if we're too timid to pray some gritty prayers. It's not about having the right words. It's about right, having the right heart. But that being said, I want to end with this thought. If you're listening to this, and maybe you feel like this urge on your heart that you need to have a prayer for yourself. Maybe you're having this, this unction on your heart that you need to have a conversation with Jesus because you realize, you're realizing right now that you've never made a decision to put your trust in him. As I'm going over prayer and prayer and prayer and, and talking about it's all about the heart, maybe you're realizing that you have never made this connection moment with God, this clear decision for Christ. And you want to do that today. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is if you have a genuine heart and talk to Jesus yourself, acknowledge who he is, the son of God that died on the cross and rose from the dead. That's all it takes to start this relationship with him, to start this journey with him. In fact, the word repentance, it's not this mean spiritual word. It simply translates to change direction. We're walking one way. When you come to Christ, you start walking with God. You just change direction. It's as simple as it is. If that is you, 
I encourage you to not let another moment go by, but have that prayer today. You don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You can talk to Jesus yourself. With that being said, I'm so grateful for you guys being a part of our online group today. I hope it was meaningful and edifying for you. With that, uh, As we close, I want to let you know that if you have it on your heart to give today, all you have to do is go to gravetopchurch.com, click the donate tab, and you're able to give online or through our app. And when you give, we never want anyone to feel pressured or persuaded to give when they don't want to. It's something to be done out of your own heart. It's not something to be coerced or convinced of. It's it's simply your decision. It's a personal act of worship. And we are simply stewards of that gift being Brave Top Church. And your act of generosity, if you choose to do that, what it does is one, it's a it's a great way to worship because it's a simple act of faith. It's an action of faith. But the other thing that it does is that you extend the impact of ministry that's been made in your life through Gravetop Church. If Gravetop Church has made an impact in your life, when you give, you extend that impact to be able to made be made in somebody else's life. You help somebody else's life to be brought from death to life. And so we, we, uh, we value your generosity is it makes a difference in our church. And finally, as we close, um, please, if you, if you have the opportunity, you should really join us in person this whole next three months, January, February, and March, we're going to be meeting as the church of acts meeting in people's homes. It's been great so far. Uh, we've been switching homes each week. If you want to find out where we're meeting next week, all you have to do is go to gravetopchurch.com and click time and locations, and you'll see where we're meeting next. It's every Sunday at 11 a.m., but if you can't make it, don't worry. We will continue to have our online service just like this at 8 p.m. We love you guys so much, and uh, also, one last thing. I know, one last thing. Today is day one of our 21-day fast. We've We've been fasting all day today. It seems like uh, uh, more, uh, it's not, it doesn't seem that bad, but depending on what kind of fast you're doing, it can seem more intense, but we're doing a 21 day fast from today all the way to January 28th, which is a Saturday. We're fasting these 21 days and we're giving God the very first part of the year. We're going to be having a prayer call through zoom every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday at 8 PM. If you want to be a part of this prayer call, All you have to do is uh, go through our app, message us, we'll send you the link, and you can be a part of these prayer calls as well. All that being said, we're so grateful for you guys being a part of our Gravetop family. We love y'all, and remember, we exist to bring people from death to life. We love you guys. God bless. Hey, I hope that you enjoyed today's message. If you did, there's several different ways to connect. First is by subscribing to our show, leaving a review or a comment. Second is by going to gravetopchurch.com and clicking the Get Connected tab so that we can connect with you as an individual. And third is if this ministry has made an impact in your life and you want to help us to continue to reach others, then you can give online by clicking the Give tab. Until next time, thank you for being a part of Gravetop Church.